You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PodcastJuice.net. This is the Prince Podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Dean. Today, we are going to get into it. A new announcement, Prince signing or re-signing with Warner Brothers Records. It's major news, so of course, we got to break that down. Look at it, dissect it, check it out forward to back. But to help me do that, I have my usual hosts as usual and unusual guest hosts, as we say, but all welcome. So I'm going to start it down the line. First off, we have my man, Big Ken. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Ready to chop this up. Good to have you back on here, man. Hey, it's nice you let me out my cage, brother. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Also, Mr. Day Dropping, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, getting ready to talk some good Prince talk today. All right. Big Sexy and Sack, as the website done you? Of course not. <laughs> but I'm still sexy, so it's all, right. all good. Let's do this. All right, all right. And uh, my man, Mr. Q Storm, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm just going to try to maintain with the rest of you Prince, uh, Prince professionals. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mr. And Pooh, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. All right. Okay. And joining us, I believe, for the first time, uh, he is a friend of the show, a friend of mine. I met him online. Our brother's been a very big presence on things like Facebook. And we're going to get into what he does. But uh, some of you may know him, Mr. Nico Alexander. How are you, sir? Michael Dean, everything is everything. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. And just real quick, uh, give people a little background on what what do you do? Oh man, what don't I do? Uh, <laughs> bit of a creative entity, you know, uh, poetry, production, music, graphic design, um, media promotion, you name it, we do it, man. All right, yeah. Renaissance, man. <laughs> Renaissance, Renaissance. Yes. All right. So let's wear many hats, you know. Oh, that's how we got to do it these days, for sure, for sure. All right. So let's get into it. Prince, Mr. Rogers Nelson, news has come out that he has uh, teamed up with Warner Brothers again. And so I'm going to give a little bit of the press. It's a little hard to find the actual press release from this online, which is sort of weird. But, you know, looking through a lot of different news organizations, here's some of the things that I've come to find, and then we'll get into it. So, uh, the thing is, it says that Prince uh, is in, in an exclusive global licensing partnership that covers every album released from 1978 into the 90s. Uh, Prince says that a brand new studio album is on the way, and both Warner Brothers and I are quite pleased with the results of the negotiations and look forward to a fruitful working relationship. Uh, now, this is a quote from uh, the chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers, Cameron Strag. He says, everyone at Warner Brothers Records is delighted to be working with Prince once again. He is one of the world's biggest stars and a truly unique talent. Uh, we are also very excited about the release of new and remastered music from one of his greatest masterpieces. And what he's talking about is they have announced that they are going to re-release Purple Rain, which is at its 30th anniversary this year, and a digitally remastered version uh, with hopefully a special edition. This is a special edition release of this. Um, And then, of course, you know, it says that Prince will have a new album of new music coming out as well. So first of all, I want to just get people's reactions and then we'll sort of get into 
some of the other particulars of this. So first, I want to go to Big Ken. Ken, what do you make of this news? Well, if the deal is what we think it is, meaning that he's going to get all the remasters out, digitally remastered, so we win as fans. They're going to do unreleased tracks if they do that correctly. If he, if he doesn't turn any lyrics, and if Warner Brothers accurate, accurately distributes and promotes this, then it's a win-win for everybody, man. It's great news, and it just makes me think, at the end of the day, man, Prince won. You know what I mean? I mean, you think about this whole Odyssey started, you know, years ago, and then he was popular, he was hot, then he did the whole slave thing, and then he went through some years, late 90s, 2000s, just kind of doing his own thing with mixed results, and now he ends up back home. It's just really an amazing story, man. So it's major news. I'm really peaked. My interest is peaked to see what happens with this, man. All right. Uh, Mr. Nico, give us us your off-the-top thoughts on this. Well, um, it's definitely um, a monumental occasion, major move for all of us, I think, Um, those of us who use art as a means of uh, paying the bills and buying the wine. You know, it's rare (laughs) that you see one of us trump the system in such a way. And someone like Prince, I mean, you know, he's an inspiration for all of us. He's why I do what I do. And uh, I know he's why you do what you do. So, um, you know, if it works out and uh, he runs the course <laughs> and everybody does what they need to do, uh, should be a beautiful thing, you know, for this generation and the next and the next and the next. Right. Until the proverbial dawn, so to speak. <laughs> all right. All right. You gave, me a, you gave us the, the Paisley answer. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the purple answer. Uh, day dropping. Yeah. W- w- what's your thoughts on that? You, you know, I, ironically enough, sometimes I ha- I'll have these random thoughts, and and I was thinking Friday morning, and and all this came down Good Friday. How'd that be? But yeah, I, I was uh, had this random thought Friday morning. I was driving around, and I was thinking, man, it pisses me off that Prince got these two sides of him, two definitive sides of him. He's got the concert side, then he's got the the physically musical release side. Concert side, he will play the old stuff because that's what works concert wise and but when it comes to releasing stuff he's all about no it's about now forget the past it's not that so and i was thinking man that pisses me off that he that it almost seems like a double standard then i hear this later on that day and i thought wow you know i got my shoe and stuffed it in my mouth real quick and then um (laughs) then i hear the the track coming out listen to it and all that and all i can say really is i hope that like ken said that it's handled well I think that Prince is smart in doing this. He's setting a definite precedence um, with copyright laws and then be owning the masters and all that, that they're at the mark that they are with that. And, and uh, he's not a dumb, dumb individual when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I think he's, he's kind of leading the way. And I see how, if anything, he might bear the best fruits of all other artists. He, like, like I said, I think he's kind of stay, setting a precedent for it. So I'm very excited to hear this going down. All right, let me, uh, before we go to somebody else, let me just add some, some more commentary. This is uh, from Billboard.biz, uh, Billboard Biz, uh, Billboard Magazine. They have an interesting take on it, and I'm just going to read a little bit of what they have here. Uh, it says, his classic Warner albums like Dirty Mind, Controversy in 1999, will continue to be licensed through Warner Brothers as part of a new global agreement. Um, of course, as part of the deal, Prince's classic Purple Rain album will be re-released in a remastered deluxe version in time for the 30th anniversary of the album and movie. 
other planned reissue projects will follow and Prince will issue a new album too, although it is unclear of that title <clears throat> is a part of the deal. Um, and it says, jump around here. It says, financial terms and length of the licensing deal were not disclosed, nor does the announcement make clear on whether the artist is gaining ownership of his catalog all at once or more likely as each album becomes eligible for copyright termination. Um, so that was one of the questions, too, I wanted to throw out there as we get, go around. Do you think that this means that Warner is giving him ownership of the masters of the classic albums or is it albums going forward? So I'm going to go to uh, Big Sexy. You know, what's your take on this overall and sort of that question I just threw out there as well? Well, it sounds to me that they're giving him cop- excuse me, ownership of his masters because as the Copyright Act of, I believe, 1978 sets, that you get that back after 35 years and, lot, and no one's really tested that law. Prince would be the one to test it. So in, in order to avoid you know years of litigation on a subject that you know neither party is confident they're going to win, Warners and Prince sat down and said, look, all Prince said, look, has said from day one, all I want are my masters. Warner's is like, fine, here are your masters. Let us continue to license the, re- the releasing and re-releasing of this music. Everyone's happy. So that's a great deal for artist rights alone. Now, yep. how it affects the six of us is and others is the thing is a lot of people are concerned about any censorship or re-altering of lyrics and things of that nature. I don't think that will happen because it's, it's a bad business move, and that's not what Warner's signed up for. You know, They want to release the things as they were released back in their original configuration. So they may put some expanded material on it, but as far as taking a song like Darling Nikki and losing it, I don't think that will happen because the precedent for that not working is twofold. One, back in the mid-'90s, a lot of uh, labels put out clean versions and adult versions of songs, no one bought the clean versions. just didn't happen. And Prince did his 1999 The New Master that sold like 12 copies. No one's interested in that either, unfortunately. (laughs) So from a purely business standpoint, I think Warner's is doing a great thing. They've got a relationship with Prince moving forward now with his newer things, and they can both have this license license agreement and partnership on the reissue of catalog things, like you know, expanded Purple Rain, maybe a re-release of Sign of the Times in, in you know Blu-ray and things of that nature. It's it's a great move all the way around. All right, Q Storm, set us straight, man. What what do you what's your take on this? Well, I'm just coming strictly from a. Uh, the layman's perspective, and to me, this is the closest thing I'm going to have as a 47-year-old man to coming downstairs to Christmas morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a, it's true. This is a shocker. a shocker. I mean, within the last month or so, I recall going on Facebook and someone posting, you know, oh, there was a, there was a, a rumor or a hoax, I think it was April 1st, that he was going to do this. That was me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and here That's we are. Right, that was and Mike. I, I just got to take. I got to take a page from Daryl B's uh, from Daryl B's book from Afro Nerd. When I have it in my hand, because I won't be downloading this joint if it happens. When I have it in my hand, when I've shelled out my credit card and I'm putting it in my CD player, that's when I'll believe it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm... 
All right. Um, and we're going to go to Aunt Pooh, and I'm going to throw another question in here as well. What do you, well, let me see. What do you, uh, we'll go around everybody. Everyone's going to have something to say on this. But Aunt Pooh, give me, give me your impressions of this, but also tell me what would you like to see added to the deluxe edition of Purple Rain uh, if they are to add different things to it? Uh, well, first, uh, to respond to what the other people have said, you know, I, I, I don't try to be a contra- contrarian. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, some of you are saying that Princess won. This is a great move. This proves he was right. I, I, I can't remember which one said, but they were talking about the journey that he took when he left Warner Brothers. I look at it as I, I don't see Prince as winning. Right now he's winning, but his whole act of, of defying Warner Brothers, wanting to break away, calling himself a slave, that whole period, I think was a, was a big L for him. His work has not been the same since he lost Warner Brothers. He didn't have the same management team that guided him and that produced some of his great and most epic albums. So I think it's just been a long journey to get back to where and get back to the place where he had his, his greatest success. Um, hopefully this is the, this is a win-win, but I don't, I don't, as far as right now, but I don't see that the whole period of him leaving Warner Brothers has been a great thing for him. What I want, and I've been thinking about this long and hard, I want digitally remastered Purple Rain with the extended editions of the 13-minute Computer Blue Suite, the extended Purple Rain. I want six, six shooters and the entire, um, uh, time album on there. I want... 17 Days, I Want God, I Want Erotic City, and I Want uh, Another Lonely Christmas. Then I want a Blu-ray extended uncut version because there's a trailer where they have deleted scenes. I want that in there. And finally, (laughs) I want a commentary track with Jerome Morris and Prince. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Okay, man, you Um, put everything in that one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's I, my wish. Three-disc box set. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, just, um, I forgot. Bottom there. One oh, bottom there, too. Oh, yeah. There okay, go. there you go. All right, go ahead, Nico. Yeah, I just want to piggyback off where you said a little bit um, in terms of uh, whether or not Prince won. Um, you know, you can look at it in a lot of different ways, and everybody will. Everybody's going to have an opinion. But if you look at everything he did then, and you look at what's happening now, you'd be kind of hard pressed to say that he didn't win because this is chess. You know, business is chess. You know, it's not all music all the time. You know, um, yeah, it's been a long journey. It's been a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of twists and turns. But he became more shrewd, more focused in terms of um, micromanaging his career. Initially, leaving Warner Brothers, I think he kind of had the idea of, you know what, let me do my own thing. I know better than you. I'm the star. I'm the artist, et cetera, et cetera. But he went out here in the wilderness for a while and found out that uh, things weren't necessarily as easy as I think he initially thought. And coming to terms now with that realization, I think he's better equipped to sit across the table in a mature sort of rational fashion rather than just a, you know, artsy guy coming from it with slave on his face and a symbol for a name. He can sit across from these people uh, as a peer, understanding 
their end of it more, you know, because a lot of times we as musicians or we as artists in any fashion, you know, we're very ethnocentric, you know, um, we want what we want and all we want is to realize our vision. And that's where he was coming from in 94. You know, he wanted to see his vision realized and having years and years of never really being told no once they got to a point of saying like, you know what? <clears throat> no, nah, man, we can't do this. Not like this. You know, there's a, there's a bit of a fit involved, you know, is that going to be the guy that we're going to be dealing with now? I doubt it. You know, um, Prince is still very much set in his ways and, um, well within his rights to be, you know, he's a, he's a genius. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's without flaw. And if he can approach this new deal in a way that is, like I said, more rational and, you know, uh, orderly, it, we all will win. It won't just be, you know, Prince winning. Like I said, this is a, you know, this is a definite win for all of us because it changes the, the conversation of music. You know, he's now getting back everything that he should have had from the start. So now when we as artists sit down across, you know, the, the uh, table from these industry bigwigs, you know, we can just kind of, you know, look to someone like him and say, you know what? Like it took him 18 years to get to where he really belonged in the first place. Let me start out on the right foot. You know, let me learn from this mistake. I don't want to have to wait 18 years to get back what I should have had from the door. So, you know, like that's, I said, that's an it, interesting it, thing to say, actually. I mean, that's very interesting. To, if you look at it that way, is to say that it took him that long to sort of learn this is how the game works. Even when yeah. that industry is obviously very different from 18 years ago, the music business and Warner Absolutely. Brothers is not the same company as it was back then either. But, but Mike, I, yeah. that's what I was that's what I was trying to that's what I was trying to imply when I made that statement when I said that he won. I was not in any way trying to say that every part of his journey was successful. We all know every part was not successful. We all know he had a bunch of, you know, missteps along the way, especially particularly in the late nineties and the two thousands and so forth. But at the end of the day, he left and yeah. he walked away from a lot of success. He when he walked away, he was on top, more or less. He was on top. And he walked away because he wanted his masters and he couldn't get him. And he went through this whole this whole thing years later. And now at the end of the day, if what we if what we read is true, what is he going to he's going to get his masters and not a lot of artists out there have these have that privilege. So in that perspective, he won and he's winning. That's that sets the standard for a lot of artists to come, just like Nico just said. Mm -hmm. It makes us as as fans, we win because now we get to hear the music. Right. And so that's what I was trying to imply before when I was saying that he won. It's not all about Prince, but I'm just saying he left because he didn't get his masters and now he's getting his masters. Wait, wait. I thought Absolutely. he left because he wanted control over his the distribution of the songs that he had. That he, he wanted he to wanted put out masters. more songs. Yeah, he, he wanted, always it wanted it was to I thought it was, it was I thought it was an issue masters. of it was I always it was about the masters. With slow distribution of the, song, of the albums that he wanted he to wanted, put out more work. He wanted. He's he always. 
Right, that, that kind of issue always him. came back even with Sign of the Times and all that. He was pissed off at Sign of the Times ha- happening the way it did because it wasn't distributed the way he wanted, but he was still stuck around for exactly. a while after that. I mean, let's let's be yeah. real. Throughout even the classic period, he wanted to, if you left it up to Prince, he'd put out two or three albums a year if he wanted yep. to because that's yep. just what he, his output is. His output was that way. But he left yeah. because he wanted control of his masters. Well, uh, yeah. I think Ed, it's, it's good to add, too, that I think it's more than just that because... And I wonder if he really even knew what he had control of during those times. We've got to remember, too, like, was it 92 he signed that crazy deal with Warner Brothers? You know, he yeah. re-signed with them for all this you know, supposed money. And you never heard him talk about Masters or anything. And I, I sort of wonder if he really even realized he didn't really own them or if he just didn't care at the time. But then it became yeah. a point where he was, I think it is a lot to say that he wanted to put the music out the way he wanted Plus, maybe he realized, I don't really have control of this shit. You know, whoa, yeah. what's going on here? You know what? Get me out of this contract. I'm doing this. And then, you know, again, I think there's a lot of, like what Nico said, you, you do have that ego. You do have that. You know what? I don't want to do nothing with you. I mean, for a guy to write Slave on his face and to turn his back on the company that's going to put your music out and say, I'm going to put it out myself, even though I'm a signed artist, <laughs> You know, the whole Exodus has returned and all that stuff. That says a lot because he still didn't want to yeah. stop make, making music. He wanted to put out more. And they're like, yo, we're not putting that out. We're not, we're, you know, yeah. we got to focus on this record. Okay, well, I'm putting this out overseas. You know, he was doing all this little funny stuff. And so I think on both sides, it might have been like, we can't control him. He doesn't want to listen. Uh, this is how business is ran. And like Nico said to Prince's point, he's, an, he's a musician. He's an artist. He wants to do his vision. He's focused. It's a little on bit. That. It's it's a little bit of all, of what it's everybody is it, saying. Yeah. It's all of it. But I mean, yeah. at, the, at the that the impetus of it all in the beginning was he wanted his masters. Now you're right. That there probably was a lot of hubris in him and a lot of cockiness in him, thinking that he could just go off and do it on his own and put out what he wanted. And he right. was Remember, uh, and he learned. I'm sure he learned over the course with a bunch of you know missteps. Rave on two and all this other stuff. I mean, well, right. I was gonna of, say, remember websites? He, he all had the a, website he had failures. success with um, what's the song? Beautiful girl. To yeah. him, that was yeah. the sign where I don't need a company. I think that's right. where it started for him. <laughs> like, I think so. I, I right. can do this myself. Yeah. Here I am putting this out. I didn't have nothing to do with them. It's number one. You know, let's get out of here. We don't need these guys anymore. I think then that's he, where it really. Yeah. Got, that once he got that, out there, and saw how the. Yeah how the industry had changed, especially now you bring into the digital, digital music into the scene. He was always behind on that. He's still behind on that, you know? So he's, he's, uh, learned. Mm. I, 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 I don't think he takes advantage of it fully is what I'm saying. When I say he's behind, he doesn't, he doesn't well, take advantage of as, as much as some other artists do that. He probably could further I, his, his reach if he wanted to. I, I'll just say, I'll say it like this. Um, MPG music club was way ahead of the game. It was. You know, um, that was way ahead of the game. So, you know, what you see with iTunes and things of that sort now, he had that going, you know, in the late 90s. Um, also, the 1-800-NEW-FUNK. I don't know if people remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> when you had the 1-800-NEW-FUNK thing happen. Oh, well, you say, you know? <laughs> so, you know, when he had that happening, you know, he was already ahead of the game in terms of... Um, you know, alternative distribution. I think what happened now, whereas, um, you know, when you feel as if you might be behind in terms of how he um, deals with, uh, you know, digital releases, um, the paradigm, you know, um, 
digital uh, distribution has now become the modern day slave ship, so to speak, as he would put it. You know, when he was doing it in the 90s, it was still a free for all. You know, it was like, all right, cool. I'm going to make my money. I got my MPG Music Club. I got my 1-800-NEW-FUNK. Like, I can run this. You know, like, I am my own entity. Now, when, you know, Napster came and went, and that uh, gave way to what we now know to be, uh, you know, iTunes, you know, the executives got involved. And once the executives got involved and found a way to run the show, then he became at odds again. It's like it's, it became a me against them, you know, situation again, which is why I think you've seen in recent years since the, um, uh, since he did away with MPG Music Club, it's been like, okay, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to give iTunes Lotus Flower. I'm not going to give iTunes anything because they don't want to pay me up front. I got paid up front with MPG Music Club. So why would I like, you know, why would I go backwards? Prince is always looking at, um, you know, how to, how to move forward and how to be ahead of things. Dude is a chess player. I, you know, I'll, I'll keep returning to that point. Anybody that plays chess, you know, understand the way this guy makes moves. They don't always seem to make sense to us, but he's always thinking ahead. You know, he might have to take an L for a pawn here and there. You know, <laughs> certain albums are pawns when you look at this. You know, he'll put like Brave to the Joy Fantastic. Over. I think he that was a pawn. That way. That's interesting, man. <laughs> Prince, your album was you know? a pawn there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think, well, you know, again, you got you to gotta think like an artist for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when an artist manages his business, he's not going to manage his business like a businessman does. He's going to manage his business like an artist. You know, speaking as an artist, I know how this works. You know, and studying people like this guy, you know, I, I kind of understand it a little bit more. So, you know, when you look at, um, you know, projects like Raven for the Joy Fantastic and um, even Musicology, um, 2010, Planet Earth, those are pawns, which is why you didn't get the best material per se. I mean, like really, realistically speaking, this dude's got thousands, thousands of songs that you have to know that he knows are better than a lot of the sh that he's put out, <laughs> you know? So when <laughs> well, you're looking at these major label, huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your point. So when you're looking at these major label deals, which um, Planet Earth was distributed first by what uh, Sony, and then it was given away by uh, the uh, Daily News, and Raven for the Joy Fantastic was like, okay, well, I've been out on hiatus doing this internet thing for a minute. I need a quick little financial come up. Let me holler at Clive Davis. I'm about to rape this dude. And that's exactly what he did. He raped Clive. Straight up raped him. Everybody looks at it like, oh, well, that album wasn't shit, blah, 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 blah. But it was a come up for him. When you think about where his mentality was around 96 up until 99, coming into 2000, it was all about, like, how do I make my moves so that I can recoup a lot of this money that the industry pretty much... I feel with me for all these years. Emancipation, huge financial come up. Wasn't the blockbuster that we all hoped or thought that it might be, or maybe even he thought it might be. But as he was saying during press uh, conferences back then, it's number one at the bank. I don't need a chart. Fuck it. <laughs> all right. All right. There you go. <laughs> let me, let, let's go around with this. <clears throat> There's some interesting things. And you say rape and Clive Davis. That's, that's hilarious. Um, but anyway, Read his book, you understand what I mean. 
what <laughs> do, what uh, what does Warner Brothers gain from this? And we'll go, we'll go around. Q Storm, in your opinion, layman, you say you're layman. What do you think Warner Brothers? Why? why and again, this is not the same Warner Brothers music as it was back in the days. You know, Warner Brothers is this huge multinational company that, you know, if you go to their website now, it's all about movies and, you know, DC comp, you know, DC movies and all that. You know, they're on a whole different point. Their music thing is probably a very, and actually their music site seems to be more about soundtracks and, and video games music, which is interesting. What do you think Warner Brothers has to gain from this? <clears throat> well, um, I would say, I mean, there's the obvious. They are going to be putting out a re-release of of an album that put, put through Prince on top, that that where he was at the pinnacle of his uh, of his powers, if you will. So the fan base is going to run and buy this album. The hardcore fan base is going to run and buy this album, and the fans that may have jumped off the wagon when Around the World when the day came out. They're gonna just from the nostalgia standpoint. They're gonna go out and probably buy this uh, this album as well. Um, so Warner Brothers is gonna make a lot of dough. That's how they win. I would say that the you know we're talking about winners and losers. I kind of think that the biggest loser in this whole thing is Third Eye Girl, because this just throws com- this just completely overshadows that long gestating project that that that, that was supposed to come out what months ago. So I, I think that this is a win win. For Warner Brothers. And I want to stay on that question, but you did throw an interesting thing that I have to ask real quick. Here's my opinion. I do not believe uh, Warner Brothers is going to release a Third Eye Girl branded album before they put out a Prince album. That's my personal opinion. I don't see why they would do that. But I agree. Wasn't that contracted to Cobalt Records anyway? Right. And then, you know, then they had a... Uh, so there's an interesting... There's that, which can be bought out, right? I mean, Warner Brothers could step in and say, we'll do it, put their logo on there and give them a couple dollars. Yeah. There's well, Cobalt that... Wasn't, Go ahead. Yeah, Cobalt wasn't that sort of deal. Cobalt is a... Um, it's, a it's an independent distribution web. It's not like, okay, this is a record contract and we're signed to, you know, X amount of records, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Prince being in type of you know, modern day shrewd businessman that he is, has as he always um likes to boast about how I don't sign contracts, it's just an agreement. I had an agreement, yada yada yada. You know, Cobalt is a small company. So you know he walked in there and said, Hey look, you know, I'm gonna give you a couple albums, you know, you're gonna distribute them for me, right? And if everything works out, you know, we can work we we can do business together a long time. It's like Scarface and Sosa. <laughs> you know, we work this shit out. It's going to be all right. You know, and on Prince's end, he probably didn't like the way things are going because, again, Prince likes that money. You know, he was complaining about how there was no incentive to really put out an album with them because he didn't like the way um, they were handling the few releases that he did deal with. He's always looking for like the big payoff. He's always looking for the checkmate. Right, which you know, I think is will, why he looked at. He gave a little nod to L.A. Reid. Absolutely. Like, Here, let me see what you can do with this single. <laughs> you know, let's absolutely. see how that turns absolutely. out. Now, I don't think that turned out the way they did. So he probably had more deals on the. T- let me go over here and holler at Warner's. Let's. Who wants to? Who's absolutely. cutting the check? Who wants to do business? Yep. <laughs> yep. Who's cutting the check? And it just makes the most logical sense. And, you know, I, again, looking at this from an objective 
perspective, you know, I think really all his deals, every deal that he's done with a major since he left Warner's was preparation for getting back with Warner's. It's like, how can I strengthen my hand? I got to handle these industry big wigs. I can handle Sony. I can handle Universal. How can I, um, you know, evolve as a businessman? You know, what can I learn from these people? You know, dude is always soaking up information from people, places, and things. You know, uh, the Clive Davis situation, that was a win for him. <laughs> you know, even the Lotus Flower site, that was a win for him. The Target release. That, these are all, from uh, our perspective, losses, but they're wins for him because it furthers his education. Not only does it further his education, but again, it strengthens his hand as a businessman where he can say like, all right, cool. I did a one album deal with this Lotus Flower situation. I had a site, you know, I had a nice little come up, you know, I had the money up front you know, with no distribution and only being sold in one store, my shit still went number two on a billboard 100. Well, here's the thing, I though. Mean, here's the thing. I'm going to jump around. I'm going to get back to that question of what does Warner Brothers gain? The only thing I would say oh, to yeah. that is, that, real quick, real thing I would say is that I think he does sort of win certain things, but I think he takes more of a cost to his brand equity in yeah. terms of his record sales. And it may not affect his concert and you see that's where he seems to to go to that. But in terms of the public and the perception of I need to get his music and I value his music, not in talking about us as fans. I'm talking about just the general people. I think he ultimately, and I don't like to say winner and loser. I think ultimately he's got a lot of work to gain back and a lot of trust to gain back in terms of people wanting to go buy his new music. Again, he oh, never yeah, never absolutely. lost the value of, yeah, I'll go listen to the old stuff. But in terms of people wanting to buy his music over the years, mm-hmm. I think all those things you mentioned cost him <clears throat> that. And I think on one hand, that's what he wants. He wants you to want to go buy his new music, right? I mean, obviously, he keeps putting out all these singles, and I don't, and it doesn't seem like they really take off for, I mean, they're just out, and there they are. I mean, there's a new single out today. But I think he has sort of abandoned the consumer's trust where, you know what, uh, Lotus Flower, that, that was cool. I didn't really know too much it was out. Uh, all these other releases they don't even know exists hardly or he gives them out for free. And yeah, he got paid and I give him full props on that. But I just think in terms of the value of his art from the public seemed to be diminished. I think that was like, that was the cost to pay for that whole period. Yeah. Now, I'm going to jump over. To okay, I'm going to jump over to Ant. Going back to the original question, what do you think Warner Brothers uh, gains from this? What's one of the reasons why they want to sit at the table? Well, I'm just looking uh, at their, I'm just looking at their website or the list of their uh, artists, and I don't see anybody that's current. So the, what they learn right now is they have they have probably one of the biggest brand artists ever back into the umbrella, and they build up their anticipation. When that and that's what Warner Brothers, as a corporate entity, cares about you. You, you have your tempos in film, you have your tempos in television. Prince, to them, they view as a tempo music artist that they're going to get a ton of pub- publicity, him back in the fold, him releasing his music, him as a brand that they help, that they can help nurture to expose to a new audience that they can hopefully get <clears throat> platinum sales out of. And then on top of that, moving forward, the collaborations that they can do with him. 
So that that's what they're getting out of this. And um, Big Sexy's point, he was talking about how nobody had challenged the 35-year uh, copyright law. They, 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 they spread themselves a headache of going into litigation behind something that they really can't promote and uh, put and distribute properly because there's probably going to be the Prince backlash from Prince himself and then the Prince backlash from his fans saying, oh, you're, you're disrespecting Prince's legacy. We're not going to buy that music. So now they get the Prince stamp of approval to put out his, uh, yep. his previously released stuff, his remastered stuff, and the unreleased vault stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, I agree. And uh, so they, and, and I think I think one of the things that they gain is if they can get the unreleased music to slap on there because they they've always been putting his music out. Like you, you can go on any digital, you know, service or even some of the stores who do carry music, and they still got the classic Prince albums. There's a few of them that are out that are out of print, but uh, they they always have that. You know, it's funny that who who runs that company right now, a gentleman by the name of Rob. Uh, Cavallo, you know, C-A-V-A-L-L-O, which is one of the same names of the people who used to manage Prince back in the day. <laughs> so he's a, right. he is, uh, I think, really? he's a son, yeah. he's the son yeah. of one of those guys. Ruffalo and Cavallo yeah. and uh, yeah. got the other one. Yeah. 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 Uh, Big Ken, what, what do you think Warner's, if anything different than what, what Aunt Pooh said? Why, why does Actually, Warner score the table with Prince now? Really, I don't have much to add to that that you guys have haven't already covered. I mean, I think the biggest thing is what you just said, Mike. They get access to they get the legal access or the stamp of approval, as you put it, to put out all the unreleased stuff. And they know that there is a cache of Prince fans like us with open wallets and credit cards at the ready to buy mm-hmm. when it drops. If if we can get get those tracks, you know, mastered real nice, put in a nice little case. Oh, it's it's a wrap. And they know oh, that. Yeah. So, so Definitely. you know, and, and like he said, I think also they get good PR in getting yeah. one of their, uh, you know, classic artists that everybody knows. I mean, this cat is 50-some years old and still on top of the game right now. He's still super popular right now. They get that guy back into the fold. That's just excellent PR all the way around, man. So it's just a win-win for them. All right. Yeah. Here's another and, question. Um, we'll go around. Just, uh, go ahead real quick. Mike. Yeah, yeah, real quick. Uh, <laughs> try to keep it as short as possible. But yeah, I agree. I think for Warner Brothers, it's all about that stamp of approval. Because if you flash back to 2004 when musicology was popping real big, they definitely tried to milk on the uh, the Prince resurgence. You know, with the anniversary release of uh, Purple Rain. If you look up, the, if you look at the um, the uh, the markup, the the promotional markup for the re-release of Purple Rain, the summer's hottest artist, the, the summer's uh, biggest selling tour, you know, Prince, blah, 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 blah. And this is all a time where he wasn't even messing with them like that. But they're still trying to milk, you know, the legacy. They're still trying to milk, you know, the popularity. He can pull the musicology out of them whenever he wants. Think about how upset they were that they, didn't, they weren't involved with the musicology project, you know. So now if they have him, you know, they can they can do even more. You know, they can do bigger things than what musicology was. You know, they can work together. So, again, it's it's all about that stamp of approval and trying to milk um, the most out of this guy <laughs> as they, uh, they possibly can. And I think he's down with that. You know, it's compensation for exploitation. Prince ain't no stranger to exploitation. He don't care as long as he's getting paid, ultimately. So. Okay. Let's talk about Purple, Purple Rain, the album. Let me, let me just ask the obvious question. 
Does that album need to be remastered? Yes. Yes, it does. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can, can it be remastered is the actual question, though. Now, you think, now they, they specifically say digitally remastered. Now, mm-hmm. here's what I want them to do, which I don't know if they're going to do this if it's even necessary. I want them to literally run them tracks back up, whether they transferred them to Pro Tool, whatever, digitally, I'm sure, and remix the album and then master it. Like that's, really, I think that's wishful thinking, Mike. Oh, I know. <laughs> because uh, mo- most of the uh, things that I've read on people that helped him at the times when he was doing that, Sign of the Times and those albums, they said that he would usually have levels at the highest levels that thing, that there was no reason to be able to – there was nothing really to uh, remaster on an analog level. So digitally, it might be the only way you're going to be able to remaster anything from that time. Well, the, you, you know, might there's things to, like the bass – and certain songs could be a little. And that's, I mean? a, that's what I was say. You might be able to to enhance a couple of sounds here to be able to hear like some cymbals a little bit more. To hear the bass a little bit more, and you clean up the sound, which I agree needs right. it. If any sign of the times, right? But I mean, you might be able to clean up the sound. Um, but you're, I, I get a feeling you're going to get a lot a lot of uh, feedback from audiophiles who don't know the history of the original recording, and and calling it a bunch of bullshit when the when the uh, remaster comes out, but it's actually you know for those who know, you can you can improve it, but there's only so much you can improve it too. Right, I guess my you know comparison, I I think of like some of you know I'm just reaching here, but like some of the Sly Stone, like what's the uh, the the album uh, a riot going on, and and even the album after that, there are like different versions of that where you can hear things are being re- different mixes that you know the different album mix and different things where you can hear certain shit that wasn't some of the songs run a little longer and shorter that's what i'm talking about like i don't expect them to change the flow of the album but at least you know and i'm wondering if this album is necessary to do that necessarily but can they really go in and make it so that you can hear the difference like you know what i, I hear that little part now or mm. that's what he's saying you know what i mean little things like yeah. that right you know? That I'd would like be what that. I would love for them to do, not just slap the word digitally remastered on the cover. And, well, my, you know, go ahead. Let, let me put in my wish list on this. You know. So I, I foresee and here's my prediction of what's going to happen with this uh, Purple Rain enhanced thing. I hope it happens this way. And here's my prediction. It's going to be a three CD set is what I predict. <laughs> First CD will be a remastering, a digital remastering of the tracks as they were originally presented as we know them. So that'll stand up on its own. That way folks can say, oh, I want, you know, then you don't, you don't get the argument of, oh, why did they just only remaster the new, the, the remixes and not the old stuff? So we'll take care of that fan base. Re- CD1, remastering of Purple Rain as we know it. CD2, Purple Rain Redux. So you got, uh, if you can remaster these as well, that'd be great. You Track one, let's go crazy, the full dance mix. Track two, take me with you, the full version with the extended ending and the outro. Track three, uh, beautiful ones with the extra bit of lyric that was that was originally on there. Uh, with no, extra, no, 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 no. Yeah, Remember, this is all for collector's sake. <laughs> collector's sake now. No, we don't need those. Oh, hold on, hold on now. Tra- track four, Computer Blue with the full hallway speech version. Never uh, gonna happen. Darling Nikki, complete with the complete full outro where he goes nuts for about three or four minutes with the guitar. Uh, track six, when Dubs cry, give, us, give it to us with the bass line so we can hear it. Track seven, I would die for you. Give us a full extended one. 
Maybe I'm a star. I don't know of any any uh, different variations to that. But if there is one, then put it out there. Purple Rain. Let's get that little bit of dumb, goofy lyric in there as well. That was originally sung at First Avenue. Um, that would be CD two. Hmm. CD three would be would be the miscellaneous stuff from the movie. You'd have hmm. that possible miscellaneous and and other stuff. Let's have Electric Intercourse. Hmm. Let's have Father's Song. God Instrumental. 17 Days, The Rumor 12-Inch, Wednesday, song that was originally supposed to be sung by Joe Jones, Possessed, both versions, the instrumental, which is awesome, and the Prince and Revolution sung version. Ernie, you dreaming, man. I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> you might as well ask for a Benz, too. I mean, you ain't going to yeah, get that. I, I, <laughs> well, I, look. Think, I think I got this released via torrent already. <laughs> but but you know the thing is go, let, go ahead and finish real quick go ahead finish your this, this thing well I mean yeah. you know I mean that's 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 what it, it's all it's all there to be done though I mean uh, right. we know it exists at least with it well maybe not the 17 days extended but it's been rumored forever but um, other than that we know that stuff exists so there's there's no yeah. there's no pain in saying hey what if right let so me that's, add that's my what if. there is hey, precedence there is precedence for hold on real quick there is precedence for things like this uh, thank the lord for Captain America Winter Soldier I want in I know I was like I gotta hear Trouble Man soundtrack right so I, I pull it up on Google Play now there's a Trouble Man this is an actual release Trouble Man 40th Anniversary Expanded Edition this album yes, has 42 songs on it and it has oh, wow. multiple versions of some of the same songs some of the songs like one of the, you know one of the cuts of the album if you know t plays it cool you know the album versions four minutes there's another yeah, version the rehearsals are in there too yeah there's a six minute version different alternate takes rehearsals all types of outtakes and different things unedited stuff on here so if they can do this They've done things like this before. This, so it's not to say it's unprecedented for what he just asked for. I mean, it can be done. You know, if they really want to give the fans, like, here, this is, we want your money. If they can do a Marvin Gaye, and this is a you know, Trouble Man, you know, it's a movie soundtrack, and it's not his greatest album of all time, but it's one of his classics. So they could do it with Purple Rain if they really wanted to. They could do that. Now, will they do okay, it? it I don't know. Done. It could be I, done. I mean, they've they've done that yeah. a lot in a lot of these, you know, Miles Davis box sets, John Coltrane box sets. I mean, it's all type of stuff in there, so it can be done. It's just yeah. a matter of it, whether they're going to really. I just don't think there's going to be any configuration of this that's going to satisfy all the Prince fans. There's going to be a lot of Prince fans. Yeah. It's going to be pissed off either way because something got left off. Well, but if you give I, them I one, my it. three CD set, you're going to make a lot of them happy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, here's the thing. Not, here's the thing. It's going to be bought by us anyway. Oh, yeah, regardless. That's the point. Yeah, I can guarantee you right now, um, regardless if I decide to download it somewhere, I will purchase the deluxe one regardless. I think I owe it to the guy to do that. So I'm, I'm going to do that anyhow. I'll probably get a couple yeah, of copies definitely. just so in case one gets scratched up, I got another one on standby. <laughs> but that's just what I'm going to do. I mean, I think it's fair. Wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. You yeah. said scratched up. You're not just going to rip the songs. <laughs> And put them on. Your He's I, old school, your man. No, no, no. I still play CDs in my in my truck. I'm good. Hey, hey Ernie, you ain't got to respond to that. I'll back you up on that. I've done that. <laughs> yeah. I, my yeah. Miles Davis stuff. I got like four copies of almost every album. So I, I, I'm with yeah. you on that. Now, if you have it on yeah, vinyl, no okay. I got on vinyl on CD okay. on cassette. I got them on. <laughs> I, I, I feel that. All right. Here's a, here's another question for you guys. <laughs> so Purple Rain, of course, they're going to do that. And, and I and I sort of back up the claims. But 
I would hope it would be a dream if they did re-release the movie on I don't know Blu-ray or download, but it had you know the dream would be if it was a Prince commentary. What would that ever have? I don't know, but that would be that would be cool. that would be insane. But what's the next album of the classic albums they should do? I, I would throw in the hat, and I think all agree, Sign of the Times needs to be yeah remastered. But what yeah. would your pick with the next album? We'll ask you, Nico. Go ahead. Mine would definitely be Sign of the Times. I, I agree. I think of the uh, the classic albums, that one is that one and 1999 are uh, most in desperate need of a remaster. Sign of the Times sounds horrible on a system, absolutely horrible. And I think he even made mention of it himself. Um, uh, shout out to Peach and Black uh, podcast. They had, when they had their little meeting with him, he was uh, making mention of how. Uh, he's got a 12-minute version of a door that nobody's heard. Oh, right, right. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and he's talking about how horrible the sound is now because of the way they mastered it to CD during the time that they did. So if you have Sign of the Times, a reissue of Sign of the Times, re-release, digital master, I mean, me personally, like, I'm more interested in that than Purple Rain, personally, you know, because... For for me, I think that was kind of his creative peak, sign of the times period. Everybody will, you know, have their own opinion of that. But you know, if if I heard a twelve minute version of a door remastered, you know, <laughs> hmm. I, I can't even tell you what that would do, you know, for my head and um, probably even my love life. But oh, that's they another story. <laughs> <laughs> they drop it, but right. um. Yeah, you know, so get that remastered. Definitely Sign of the Times. If not Sign of the Times, then probably, like I said, the most logical choice would be 1999 because anything after uh, anything after Automatic sounds horrible. Hmm. Like, oh. Automatic sounds horrible on CD. All right. Uh, Big Sexy. Sir, what would, yes. be your, what would be your pick? And also... What are your thoughts? Should they include the Paisley Park Protégé albums in this? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> what would be my pick? Um, and I've said this before, thanks to you and Ken, I have just uh, discovered the world of high-resolution downloads. And as of right now, everything up to Sign of the Times, but not Sign of the Times, is available on high-resolution download. So that would be my first choice to get that in a, you know, 24-192 format. I'm all over it. Now, as far as the Protégé albums, well, that was part of the Paisley Park label and Warner Brothers label, so it's all him anyway. We all know this. So why not? And in the Expanded Purple Rain, what I would like to hear or have is the time stage performances. Because when I first saw Purple Rain, the version of Jungle Love that was played in the film, I want that. Mm -hmm. I have that now. But the thing is, <laughs> I want the original, you know, right. authorized deal of that because that... It's far superior. Yeah. Superior, it's incendiary, it's, it's all that. Um, now, as far as the protege things, you know, all of us would buy the Taja Seville album. All of us would buy the Jill Jones album. All of us would buy anything that had the Paisley stamp on it that's got involvement because this is what we do. And 
looking at it from a, again, financial standpoint, if I'm Warner's, that's money I need to go pick up because we are all prepared to pay it. So, it, and, and a tertiary benefit of that is it can throw a little bit of shine on people who haven't heard from musically in a while, like a lot of those songs. And who knows? And again, going back to something that was said uh, about 10 minutes ago, this helps Warner Brothers establish goodwill in the artistic community. Because Definitely. other than Prince, there really aren't any artists of his stature who drew a line in the sand and said, you know what, we're not doing this. George Michael tried to do it, and Columbia laughed him you know, out of the room. So now that Prince and Warners have come to an agreement, it's not that one is going to say, I made him do this or I made them do that. They've come to a collaborative agreement. So all these artists who are in various stages can say, you know what, Prince sat down and they worked out with him. I can do this as well. You know, no all doubt. labels aren't going to fuck us. So th that yeah. gives Warners that inroad to creating that type of uh, – you know, I don't say exclusive, but that type of goodwill among artists. But to answer the original question, yes, Sign of the Times needs to come out, hopefully backed with its original configuration. But we'll see if that comes out comes about or not. All right, um, here's another one: uh, Prince in concert, right? So let's say, and I'm sure they're going to make a big deal of the uh, Purple Rain re-release. Do you think that Prince might possibly? You know, it just might be a one-off thing. Do a show with like some of the guys from the Revolution, if not all, and do a more sort of Purple Rain focused, nope. you know, concert. <laughs> you say no. no, nope. Well, <clears throat> if ever it was gonna happen, now's the time it should happen. You know, will it happen? You know, who knows? I mean, <laughs> if you know, if cooler heads prevail. But I think there's so much sordid history there. And of course, it's all speculation, but there's so much sordid history that, you know, they come in, they come out, you know, you see him and Wendy and Lisa deal from time to time. He's cool with Bobby. We all know he's cool with Bobby. And there's, um, there's always that uh, kind of neutrality with uh, Dr. Fink. Brown Mark, you know, he was at the, uh, the first celebration. So I, I think the rapport of respect is there, but... The working relationship. Can everybody sit together and you know map out a course of action? Because um, you know, Wendy and Lisa, they're strong-minded people. You know, they know what they want to do. They're not just going to play, you know, fiddle to whatever Prince says anymore. And I think um, from a band's perspective or a band leader's perspective, you know, Prince is he's pretty comfortable where he is with, you know, handing out parts and saying do this or, you know. <laughs> you know where you're going to go if you don't do what I say. You know, you have somebody like Wendy, you know, who, tell, who might just tell him where to go himself. Is he willing to deal with that? Who knows? All right. I think, I think if go ahead. came with but, enough money, he'll, he'll do it. If you said the check is big enough? <laughs> the check is big enough and the, uh, the strategy of multiple stadiums is, is set, he'll do it. He, can't, he ain't going to turn down that money. <laughs> Here's the problem, and this was just brought to the forefront with Kiss going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Back in 95, Kiss was doing whatever, and then they did the MTV Unplugged and brought in the original members. That forced a reunion tour. 
And again, when you do a reunion tour, when you haven't played with people in, in a dozen years, oh, it's great. It's great. It's great to be back with you, blah, blah, blah. Three or four months down the line, same issues pop up. Exactly. And all that does is make, in the, in the instance of Kiss, it means Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer sit on the sidelines and eventually lose a gig. And now with Prince, it would put the whole third eye girl off to the left. And I don't know if he wants to do that. <clears throat> Just to do legacy tours. Now, the checks would be large. But does he want to do that? Now, he could probably throw them a bone and say, look, we'll have Third Eye Girl open the show or something like that or stick them in an encore like he did with Sheila E. and her band back in the Purple Rain tour during Baby, I'm a Star. But I don't, I don't think he wants to go back and do that on, on a tour yeah. level. I on one hand, I would say I, I kind of agree with you. But then again, I have to remember, you know, I say this jokingly, but realistically, you know, this is a guy who will do your birthday party if you pay him a lot. So I, I, I would say on one hand, do, do whatever yeah, no you got the money, I'm there, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I would hope that, like I said, I don't know about a tour, but even if it was just something that he just said, you know, we're going to do this at Paisley Park or something. But just a one-off, like bringing the guy, we're going to be rehearsing, we're going to do a show, and we're going to have a revolution. We're going to just, you know, it's 40, 30 years or whatever, 30, you know, I just signed a deal, you know, let's do this. Here's the other question, too. Now that he is going to be back on the label, do you think that he will play the game? And what I mean by that, will he get out there and do promotion for this release? Or will he put out an album by Warner Brothers and then be, promote the next album? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think... think um, go ahead, you go. <laughs> I, I think that there's too much money on the table. Hopefully he's, he's learned his lessons and he's more mature. He knows the game, and he and so hopefully the right people at Warner Brothers gonna get in his ear and say, "Yeah, you can just put this out, but if you wanna if you want an even bigger check, you gotta do what it you gotta do what it do." Yeah, you can't. Are you gonna go on? You can't. I mean, just now, right? Like he's got the song that was on the TV show. You going on Arsenio doing all these other songs and and then really. So I'm just curious: is he going to support his releases? in a manner that, you know, okay, I'm doing a deal with these people. They have expectations on me as I have expectations on them. Is he going to, it would be a different prince than what we've seen in the uh, last 10 years. Mike, all he has to do is even mention the fact that the release is coming out and that's enough of a support. Uh, you don't think they want gonna, him to go on? No, I'm, well, let well me no, no, he's, he's likely going to go out and talk about how, how he reached an agreement with Warners and, and, you know, he was very vocal about wanting to own the the masters when he couldn't get them now that he's able to get them he's going to be vocal about that as well and and he's going to speak about the record company in in good light and with that in mind just mentioning the fact that something's going to be released like purple rain uh deluxe then it sells itself that way he doesn't have to go out and and do straight promotion on that alone no, he can just casually about, mention that right i'm and talking it, about the new album he said he's going to put oh, out it's going to be new a, a warner brothers release I'm saying I, I would imagine the expectation on Warner Brothers is that we're going to put this album out, but when you go on Arsenio or Tonight Show or wherever, you're going to have to perform material that supports this because this is the project. I would hope so. I would yeah, hope my, so. Um, yeah, my, my response to that is why not? Like, you know, he's been hustling all his independent releases, so why not hustle, you know, your your welcome home album, so to speak, you know, why not support your reunion album? Now it's like, um, you know, uh, 
that's a comment that we've already uh, uh, stated about how there's lots of expectation on both sides. You know, it all depends on where dude's head is. You know, if his head is in there where it's like, all right, cool, you know, this is an opportunity to, you know, make things right. I mean, really, really make things right. I'm going to play the game like you were saying, like, then, you know, it'll work out. But if his head is in that direction of, you know, yeah, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he might just sit back and be like, yeah, sell this shit. You know what I mean? Like, sell it. Like, I made the record. It's your, your job to sell it. If he goes back into, yeah, if he goes back into that mentality, you know, shit, you know, we, everybody can lose. I think what happened though. Hasn't he proven himself to be a little bit more open to getting out there? I mean, this is the thing he did for new girl. I mean, that was a pretty big step for him, wasn't it? No, yeah, but I'm saying in terms of how it works, like, if he was, it would have made sense if he'd have been on Arsenio and did that song and then that song was for sale. He went on Arsenio and did all these other songs. Right, but now he's got the guidance of the label behind him. So you've got that that element, plus you've got him being more open to doing these sort of uh, promotional stunts. Well, no, I'm saying he's always open to promote, but he always promotes the things that are not available. And he's on to the next thing before the first thing even drops. Right. I'm just saying, I'm hoping that he doesn't do what he's been doing, where he's like, this is the album. I'm going to come on and do these songs, not this unreleased song that you can't buy and it'll be on sale next month when you I'm already on something else or vice. You know what I mean? It, it just can't even like the song he just dropped today. Now I hope that he's going to support that song. Like why, why just put yeah. it out? It's just like breakfast can wait. Did, did he perform that? No. Did he perform? What did he perform? Like what was he Not have on sale people. versus what he has out there now for his own yeah. labels? He doesn't do that. I understand you can do whatever you want to do. But I'm just saying in terms of this deal now, is he going to, again, I hate to say play the game, but there is a level of this is how it works. You know, it may not, yeah. he may not want to be like conforming to, uh, they want me to do this song because the song is out. But that's the way they, how else are they going to get right. people to want to go buy it? Right? I, I, don't, I don't think he played the game since Purple Rain. So hopefully he, he's matured enough to see that and, 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 and play that game. Because because it, it's a win, he played it's that game for emancipation. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. it was his stuff. Well, but that was you his know, stuff. Then. I, yeah, it's like this. It's like what you were saying earlier, Mike, about um, you know how his uh, his equity, you know, as a modern day uh, performer or a modern day artist, you know, has you know kind of depreciated in value over time. I think right now with the way the Warner Brothers deal is structured, you know, let's put it out there. There's still uh, functioning predominantly as a global distribution web for him. So him being the way that he is, you know, he's looking at it like, well, this is still MPG. You know, this is still MPG. You're just selling it, you know, and I'm getting my masters back that were rightfully mine anyway. So you have to sell my music. This is the, this is the, the deal. You give me my masters back. I'll give you some, some new quality material. Because I've been sitting on quality material for a long time. Now I got the right distribution situation where I can get this new music out there and people can see that I'm still, I'm still a, a viable artist of today. Never mind just writing off, you know, the past, the Purple Rain. You know, like Purple Rain is kind of like, you know, from a strategic um, position uh, in terms of Warner Brothers, it's like, hey, look, you know, we got Mr. Purple Rain back. And by the way, he's got some good new music too. Now he has to go out there and push that good new music, like more so now, 
I think it would be wise more so now to push it, um, you know, more than ever because, you know, you have to, you have to get back to that level of where people are saying, wow, did you hear that new Prince song? Not, oh, wow, Purple Rain. I mean, I would like to think that at this point in his career or even in his life, you know, he would want to be not just viewed as a, a legendary artist who had some hits in the 80s, you know, but uh, again, a, a viable artist of today, you know. So yeah, I, I think it, it would just it would just make sense to push the new music, but sense and Prince don't always coincide, so we'll see. Yeah, I guess I can only hope, you know, and I and I, and I, I just think on it from the Warner side as well too. It's like I could easily see Prince using this, like he does a lot of things to his advantage, and I give him props for that. Um, and it's just all things that go toward people wanting to go see him live, where he's going to get where the money is at. One time, it also yeah. makes me almost sometimes wonder. I know he would never agree to it, but we don't know the the real deal on that contract. If this is some sort of three sixty deal, like do they get money from his tours or something? Because that's, I mean, to me personally, these albums ain't gonna really. I mean, nobody's selling albums, right? Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's not. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about millions of units. Like Purple Rain re-release is not gonna sell a million units. You know, his new album is not gonna sell a million units. So we're only talking maybe hundreds of thousands at best. So it's a small. It's not a lot of money. There's got to be something. In there, and I think the they, the the wording which I really got into with the whole licensing agreement part is where the money is going to be at. You know where these music stuff is going other places than con- consumers buying copies of. At this point, it's going to be digital copies are going to sell the most. So it can't be about the record sales because that's not ain't no business in that. You know the business is in them shows and the other things that you can use these songs in. And I think with Warner Brothers, it's like, we can get access to, you know, that vault material if possible. Cool. And then he's going to help us basically resell this catalog music that we got by him, that sell that we can, we always get sales from, but we're going to probably get, what, 10% more sales that we can add to the bottom, bottom line of Warner's itself. It gives us another, you know, 10% uh, boost up in our profit earnings. Great. You know, give them a deal. Go ahead and do, <laughs> go ahead and do this, you know, deal so we can pump that up. Uh, again, these, this has got to be, and I don't like to say it this way, but in terms of Warner, it's minuscule uh, money for them, right? They're dealing with Man of Steel 2 and, uh, and The Hobbit and all that kind of stuff. That, they're not worried about that. But I think the incentive for them is that this can help us continue to sell this catalog music that we can continue to distribute through all these other digital channels and we can keep making pennies in the dollar on and it adds up. He wants to come to the table. He needs the money. He wants to get some money too. We'll put your stuff out, sir. You know, we'll get it out to all these people. Make sure you get paid. We'll do a licensing agreement with you. You own your licensing company now. I think, you know, Big Sexy, I think, made, made a mention on Facebook, like this probably ties into why he announced he's got a new licensing deal. He's doing it all himself now. I'm sure Definitely. this has a lot to do with it, right? Um, and yeah, he's, he gets to stay out there and he's a part of the game and it's goodwill on everybody because now they're back together. You know, I said that, and I'm going to finish, I'll finish real quick. I always say a prince always has to have some sort of gimmick or something. And this is a great gimmick to say, you know, I'm back with Warner Brothers. You know, yeah, absolutely. We're home now. So this yeah, is great. That's what it, yeah, that's it's the what, whole full, full circle thing. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question of the panel? Maybe I'm being naive here, but I looked at the numbers 
that that new girl episode did. Now maybe that was part of. I'm sure a lot of that was because of the Super Bowl lead-in, but of course. Am I am I naive to think that this re-release wouldn't go platinum? It ain't going platinum. No, I don't. I don't think you're. Um, I don't think you're naive at all. Um, the the re-release going platinum. The odds of the re-release going platinum, I think, are greater than the new music. You know. Because it's Purple Rain, just off GP, depending on how they package it. You know, everybody was throwing out their dream list and, you know, such and such. And such. But, you know, Purple Rain is, um, is their cash cow, more so than Prince himself. They own it, you know, or they're right. responsible for it. So when you, when you look at what they stand to gain from Purple Rain, it's like, are they gonna are, are they gonna shoot the load right now by releasing everything they possibly could on one re-release on one remaster? No, they're gonna drag this out another ten years, another twelve. Oh yeah, by the way, we got three more songs we didn't let you hear ten years ago. That's and what and that's, what I was, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. if, if, if this first one, t- if this re-release takes off, wouldn't that wouldn't that translate to the follow-up, the, the new album that would come out, that it would be a big hit as well? Yeah, but I mean, again, you you can go buy Purple Rain today at Target for what, three ninety nine the album. Yeah, yeah. So it ain't wow. like it's not. I mean, it's already out there, but I'm and, and then of course it's all on the digital thing. Like like for me personally, I, I'm not not that I'm not gonna give him my money, but I pay Google ten dollars a month, and they can share that ten dollars with the millions of artists, and you know, Prince will get his cut. And they they got his new song on there. Hopefully, he gets his nickel. That but that's the game. I ain't cheating him. That's the game. But I, I'm saying in terms of proper rain, just like it'll be up there again. There's not going to be that many people going out to buy that CD. It's not that they don't want to buy it. Then they're not buying anything else either. You know, again, it depends, it, it, so, I think it depends on how they how they present it. I mean, like you, we don't even know. They could be talking about like putting the movie out again. If they put the movie out again in theaters and a new generation gets to see this movie and like they get on point with like really what real music is or what, you know, a heyday of musicianship was, then they're going to make their money. I mean, you think about what they did with Michael Jackson, you know, um, God bless, you know, his Michael Jackson's music's all over the place now. I mean, you, you weren't hearing Michael Jackson on the radio before he passed away. Now you can turn on the radio and you hear Thriller like the shit just came out today. Well, well right, you know I mean? but he died to make that happen. I mean, Prince yeah, is not. Yeah, gonna, yeah but but <laughs> there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, the artist died. Whitney Houston, right? The Bodyguard <laughs> movie no, blew this, out the water. I'm just, but, but Prince ain't gonna. But, die. No, but this is the this is the point that I'm making in regards to that. Yeah, you're right. Michael passed, and there's always money to be made off a deceased artist, you know. But here you have Prince, who is arguably, some would say maybe even Warner Brothers might think, commercially dead. So, you know, how do you revive or resurrect an artist into the mainstream who has been arguably commercially dead for God knows however long? I mean, the general public, for the most part, whenever they see Prince, they just say, oh, yeah, I remember him, you know? So if you put Purple Rain out, you put that in theaters, never mind DVD, put it back out in theaters, you you put out a re-release of the album, do tours to support it. He's all over talk shows or whatever. You know they're gonna put mad money into it just you know so they can get their kickback. You know then the potential the potential 
for um, you know revenue on Warner Brothers end is great in terms of the long term strategy. You know, you yeah, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you go out. You get what I'm saying? It's but like, yeah, I just don't think out, they're going to do the re-release of the movie. That, you're talking millions of dollars to put a movie in the theater. Yeah, that, I don't think, I don't, gonna, I don't think they're going to do that. They got it. They got it. Yeah, they have it, but they're not going to spend it on that. They'll re-release a, a bankable movie before they re-release that. Like that, I wouldn't. Yeah, they re-release Superman know. or I something, mean, like, but they ain't going to release. I think that would be a huge mistake to re-release the movie because I mean, it's one I, I thing, mean, I was going to say it's one they re-release thing. They re-released the Exorcist. <laughs> You know? Well, yeah, Purple Rain not the Exorcist. The Exorcist. Purple Rain's not as big as the Exorcist. No, I don't think so. I, I, listen, think, I'm Purple a Prince Rain fan. Not, Purple Rain was not commercially as big as the Exorcist. Are you serious? That's, uh, listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna argue that point. I can see. No, no, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. Like, you don't think the? Uh, well, I, the, I put the, it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. Here's what Warner Brothers thinks about Purple Rain, the movie. And what they think about the Exorcist? <laughs> the Exorcist is on Blu-ray, DVD. The Purple Rain is on Blu-ray, DVD, but it's on a Blu-ray with Hustle and Flow. So that's what yeah, they think about. But, <laughs> yeah, but that that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But a re-release of the movie with their with their star backing it, you know. Hey, that's different. You know what I mean? It's just like, see, Exorcist is on Blu-ray through 20th anniversary remaster. Let's throw in the, you know, the, the spider walk scene. Yeah, but I mean, it's I not being resold with Friday the 13th. You know what I mean? It's its own classic thing. Again, I, I agree. Purple Rain is a fabulous movie. I'm not discounting it at all, but I'm just saying in terms of like, I think the cultural significance of the Exorcist, I think it is a little different. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they see it different because it's, you know, in terms of genre, of course, it's different. But as far as the music is concerned, as far as, like, pop culture is concerned, I mean... I agree. It's, a, it's up there. I, I, I'm not lying. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you know, you got Thriller. You got... I mean, you, you look at staples of the 80s. You got Thriller. You got Purple Rain. I mean, like, you know, you can't think 80s and not think Purple Rain. Right. I so, guess again, I would just, say this. Exorcist is heralded as a classic movie in terms of movies mm. whereas Purple Rain is a great one of the greatest rock movies but not one of the greatest movies but see, per, per, the, the reason I think releasing the movie would be a huge mistake is because the music far uh, has a much longer shelf life than that film does I mean people will commit to music they'll commit to that but to go I mean even young kids I mean this may be naive but young kids might be willing to take a listen to what their parents were checking out on a CD, but to get them to go into the theaters and see this '80s look on screen, I, I don't. I think that would hurt more than help any type of publicity. I think that would be a huge mistake. I, I think it'd be the uh, same as a. I think it would be almost as the same category, different generation as Superfly or, or something like that. Where I wouldn't put Superfly the movie back in the theaters, though the the music blows the movie away. And I think right, exactly. And I think Purpurine the music blows the movie away. Right, uh, yeah. but I love the movie. But again, it, it'd be no different than like Under the Cherry Moon. I mean, you know, the Parade album blows that movie out of the water. But you yeah. would put the album out. You wouldn't put that movie back in the theater. And I think yeah, well, Purple you know, Rain under is the, under Purple the Rain is great for, for TV and it's nostalgia, and people will watch it it's on TV now, right? But re-releasing it against other movie, it, it would be blown out. Maybe put it out for one day, or you know, they did. 
Jurassic Park and different things where they go back and re-enhance it. But I just don't think that in terms of movies, it wouldn't be the move. Man, but, you all are wrong. They got to bring out Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> yeah. With the, with the latest fashion entered back into it. In 3D. <laughs> in 3D. In 3D. Oh, wow. <laughs> An IMAX. <laughs> Just if we can see that twirl, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, wow. actually, Lake Minnetonka in 3D. That's just what I'm saying. Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> now I can say bring it back. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, there you go. There you go. I'm not getting a nipple poke in the eye. Hey, let's do it. All right. I don't know, Matt. You know, again, all of it is tentative and speculative. You know, sure. it's all it's also, you know, wishy-washy and we all hope for the best. But, you know, again, this is Prince, so you never know how the thing is going to play out. You just you and, never you know, know. bottom line, man, it's a good thing, regardless yeah. of what. Yeah, no doubt. All right. No we're, doubt. We're going to wrap this up. We go hey, on. Hey, Mike, right. go real ahead. quick, yes, can, I make, can I make four points? Um, uh, earlier, somebody said they, they want electric intercourse on there. I'm like, only if, like, um, Purple Rain and uh, the other tracks that were from the first app, he takes the uh, the live version that he did and, re- and mixed that into a single version. Um, also, I would love for a, a Making of Purple Rain commentary track and documentary similar to that they did with uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller and Bad. I'm, you, I'm a bigger Prince fan than Michael Jackson, but that commentary track for the album where they broke down... Um, the music and even played some of the demos before it got to the release version was freaking awesome. And I would love them to do that for Purple Rain. And lastly, the CD that I'd want re released and remastered is Parade. And that's mm, what exactly. I, mm. Thank I remember you. Uh, you guys did the, uh, the Parade yeah, um, review and you were talking about how some of the songs were cut. If, he can, if they remastered it with the extended portions of Life Can Be So Nice, um, New Position, uh, I wonder you. I'm all for that. Plus a commentary Thank track for the movie. <laughs> Thank you, you very much. Because everybody's on Sign of the Times tip, and I agree. Sign of the Times needs to be remastered. But, man, come on. All the unreleased material, man, if you could get that mastered properly, Splash, It's Wonderful Day, Large Room with No Light, Junk oh, Music. If, all my dreams. We're talking like that. Like, Give me Crystal Ball and Dream Factory and Camille. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, let me, I'm saying yeah. uh, in truth, all of his albums, all of his albums through up until including, you know, Love Sexy needs to be remastered. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they all, the sound quality is terrible. I, I listened to Around the World on the Day the other day. The volume is so low on that damn thing, man. You talk about you can't hear bass in uh, Purple Rain. You can't hear bass at all in Around the World on the Day. Mm-hmm. So all yeah. of them need to be remastered. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Parade would be ill, though. That would definitely be an uh, ill remaster. I mean, with uh, the um, the unreleased cuts. That had some of the best outtakes, I think, of any period. Like, the Parade period outtakes are crazy. Like, All of My Dreams, All of My Dreams, ridiculous. Like, imagine that. You know, crystal clear sound. Ridiculous, you know? So. Yeah. Is the name of that song uh, Sexual Suicide, the one with the duck call in it? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, that needs to be on that album too. Well, that's on Crystal Ball. Yeah, right? that's on Crystal Ball though. You know? I'm talking about the original. The, no, no, the original one. As in master. No, no, it's original. Like the the one that showed up on Crystal Ball is damn near identical to the bootleg that I have. It's just cleaner. Mm, nah, Can there's I, a different yeah. configuration of it, but I, <laughs> sexual suicide. 
yeah, there's, there's not much different. The only difference between sexual suicide on Crystal Ball versus the one that's on Crucial, the bootleg with Miles Davis, is the backing vocals. You hear the backing vocals more on Crystal Ball, whereas like the bootleg version is just falsetto. You hear his lead falsetto and no backgrounds. But musically, all the same. Also, Warner Brothers. Musician in the house. So. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> also, Warner Brothers would be epic if they did it, if there are anything to it, the Miles Davis and Prince. If there were oh, more yeah. congla- collaboration, both of those guys were Warner Brother artists, I believe. Um, yeah, that would be major. Here's the Miles. other. Here's the other thing, real quick, real quick. Who, in terms of, let's say Purple Rain, we'll go back to that because that's what they announced, and it's going to be an extended edition. This opens the door, you know, for if it's a physical copy at least, to have more pictures or different things or, or information about this. Would we want it to be left to whatever Prince's, Prince provides, or would you love to have a guy like Alan Leeds or something? Who, like, who's going to be the guy that's sort of shepherding this thing? Uh, maybe it's just going to be Prince. Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, get, no, get, get Ampu to do it so we can get all that shit he was listing. <laughs> let, let me do it. For real. Like that, you know. That's that's. Um, I think that's probably a lot of our dreams. You know, like many a nights I tripped off just sitting in the vault and skimming through different things and saying, like, you know what? Like, we need to put this out. Like, wonderful ass. Let's put wonderful ass out, or let's put our uh, our destiny out. Roadhouse Garden, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, there has to be some objectivity there. I question Prince's objectivity. I, I was sort of I, second that. Like, I don't know. If left up to him, he might just be like, I'm not giving y'all, you know. I'm, yeah, you know. Like, no, no, I'm going to keep it, you know. Hey, guys, I just, sent y'all, I just sent y'all a link, and Billboard had their uh, their 10 uh, must from the vault. Y'all want to run through that real quick? Let, let's do that, and then yeah. we'll wrap it up. Let's do that, and we'll wrap it up. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, they had... Uh, I, I, oh, good, go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. So I was saying, I, I I was just saying that I saw that article and the, their list was in the basement, as far as I'm concerned. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, some of these are strange. They got uh, number ten. They they want uh, the live albums, Prince, uh, the Revolution Live from '85, Sign of the Times. Number nine, Grand Slam '91, which I'm sorry to say, fellas, I've never heard that. Uh, number eight. <laughs> Number eight, witness. Number seven, possess. Which you know, I, I'll co-sign, but I, I wanted closer to that live version that he mixed with um, Irresistible Bitch, though. Number six, Moonbeams. Yeah. Number five, Electric Intercourse, which I think every Prince fan wants. Uh, number yeah. four, Prince and Miles Davis. Uh, Mike just mentioned that. Number three, the Apollonia version of Manic Monday, which I heard that and I'm like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Nah, Bengals did that good. <laughs> nah. Next number two. Nah. Number two, Raven to the Joy Fantastic, a 1989 album version. And what Dream Factory Camille You cut out on the last one. I think that, so number oh. one was Dream Factory slash Camille slash, slash Crystal Ball albums. Yeah. I could go for Camille. I'd go for Camille. Yeah. I mean, we got all the Camille stuff, though. Like, 
only song we didn't get from Camille was Rebirth of the Flesh. Everything else came out. Yeah, I think so. All right, so there we go. I wouldn't mind having Rebirth of the Flesh, though. Yeah, that would be. (laughs) Hopefully this opens the door for all of that. I think the thing that we got to do is that we all got to make sure we support this release, the, the one, the initial one that they dropped, so that they will be like, you know what, let's continue on with right. doing the rest of them because they ain't going to put it out if ain't nobody paying no attention to it. So I can tell you one thing in terms of this podcast, I'm sure some of the other pinch-related ones, we're definitely going to do our share to help get the word out about these releases because it's important. And uh, it's good to say, you know what, back home and it's good to see Prince Warner Brothers back together and we hope that it just starts a whole new era of music and we can you know take the new and then respectfully be able to reintroduce the older stuff with some added bonuses for all of us who've been around for a long time fellas we have to cut this because we could keep going but not whoa 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 slow down first of all I want to thank everybody who came Mr. Nico, sir, thank you. Uh, Sounds like you may yes, have to yes. be uh, doing a Prince podcast. He's <laughs> <laughs> going in, but good well, stuff, man. Good stuff for sure. You know Mike, Mike, you know, Mike, Mike, real quick, before we wrap up, can we get everybody's take on the breakdown? That's oh, my bad. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. That. Go yeah. ahead. You start. And I won't go first. I, I, I want to hear everybody else. I'm going to shut up I, for a second. I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> All right, breakdown. It's nice. Uh, he can write tracks like this all day long. That's the kind of stuff he does. These are simple lyrics with, with deeper meanings. Uh, to me, it's more like a track where the guy, you got a reform party guy who's, who's being broken down and uh, by a woman and opening up now. You know, it's uh, continued vulnerability and adoration for this woman who, who made him be a man to see his flaws from the past. And that's cool. Um, it's, it's, but it's pretty simple. Uh, he, like I said, he's, he could do songs like this all day long. I'm going to score this one. Initially, I heard it a few times. I liked it more the more I heard it. But all in all, I can't give him more than a 7 out of 10. Hmm. Uh, Big Candy, have you heard this song yet? Yes, I did. I like it, man. <clears throat> I, I agree with Ernie. It, it grows on you more it, more as you listen to it. It, remi- it puts me in the same uh, mind state as uh, kind of like Empty Room. It's one of those slower-paced type songs, very emotional, uh, deeper lyrics than, than, than you would think. I would just add, I think it, there's some intentional ambiguity in the lyrics where you kind of don't know whether he's talking about a particular woman or is he talking about maybe his spirituality or, mm-hmm. or what? You know, what, what exactly causes the breakdown? What is the breakdown? I mean, the only thing I, I, that stood out to me, I really like. The one line when he says, you know, mm-hmm. basically give me back the time. You can keep the memories. Keep the memories. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, it's a, it's a heavy song, man. But I, I, I like it a lot, man. I like the little bass, the bass thump, you know, in the choruses too, man. Even though it's slow, it's still t- pretty tight. So I like it a lot. All right. Uh, big Sexy. You know, I am embarrassed to say that I've only heard snippets of it because I don't do iTunes. And what I've heard, I've <laughs> liked, but I haven't really had an opportunity to give it the the critical listen yet. Okay, check your email, sir. Check your email. Um, big kid, uh, excuse me, big kid. Uh, Q Storm, have you heard it? I I was listening to parts of it while we were while we were broadcasting. I I did get your email, but I was out this morning, so I didn't get a chance to hear it. However, you know the title of the song is Breakdown. I'm listening to you guys go through some of the lyrics. I'm like, 
this does not sound like a guy who's happy with his with the impending deal that he just announced. <laughs> okay. Well, Breakdown came out in 2012, so it's not about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and the and the title is misleading to what it what the breakdown means. That's why. You, and well, I yeah, thought breakdown I meant like like I'm I'm it's a it's a broken up relationship. No, no, breakdown as in I was so tight and and nobody let nobody in, and now I've been broken down. And I'm letting somebody in. That's what that's what the the title. Well, someone mentioned lyrics. Give me back the time and not the memories, and that seems eerily oh. crushing. <laughs> no, it's 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 time, and you can keep the memories. Yeah, it's just you know? a so, song about a cat. It's hilarious. a song about a cat reflecting on his life and the path that he's taken, and he's looking back Absolutely. and he's just saying, "I wasted a lot of time." You know, that's yeah. essentially what the song is about. Exactly. It's, it's not a it's not a sad song. That's why the first line is that it could be the saddest song you ever heard. But it's really yeah. not. It's just introspective. Right. It's retro. He's reflecting on his life and right. That that first line made me have to go back and listen to it a few times. Go, wait a minute, what's that first line about then? And and you know, it makes sense after you hear it a few times. It's, All right. it's kind of deep. And so, Pooh, have um, you heard the song? Well, uh, I guess uh, I'm yeah. Now, right? Nope. No, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ant, go ahead. Yeah. I, um, I'm yeah, I started listening. Yeah. Yeah, I started listening to it in the first couple of strings. I was like, God damn, this sounds like a John Hughes entitled uh, song going on. <laughs> and then and then the breakdown came and the music came and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't slept on this. Um, I like it so far. I like it. I, I probably need a couple more spins to, I guess, to pick up all the nuances in the, in the lyrics. But yeah, I, I like it once I get past that, <laughs> that John Hughes intro. <laughs> Uh, uh, real quick, somebody is typing and, and is picking up. Oh, that was me. Sorry. All right. Uh, here, I'll give my take on it real quick. Uh, personally, I've only listened to it once, but and I do like it. And I will say this: what I like so far is that this is the Prince. I hate to say what I'm waiting for, but this is like I'm like, thank you. You know, let's get back to this. This is like quality to me. I, I like Third Eye Girl and some of the singles and things. But I don't know, for some reason it just didn't really move me. So I'm not saying it wasn't good, it just didn't move for me. But this, this is my kind of flow right here. I'm like, this is some print shit. You know? So Mike, you, you're yeah. not a rocker then? No, I am a rocker. No, you're not. But that ain't <laughs> rock. There's, there's good rock and then bad rock. And that's that rock that just don't, I don't feel that. Like it, it sounds like it's rock music. And I'm not saying mm. it's not. But I just like a more... You know, for me, rock is soul rock and, you know, okay. uh, the classic type type stuff. But that's just to me, to me, sound like some Seattle type stuff that ain't, ain't no soul in it. But that's my opinion. But anyway, this song, I like it. I got to listen to it some more. But this is like, put the name Prince on it. Yep, I'm with it. Yeah. Let's go. That's how I take it. Uh, so, Nico, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm totally um I'm totally on par with you with that. Um the reason why I wanted to go last is because I tend to be a little long winded, you know. What? <laughs> but um this song, uh, when I originally heard it sometime around well, the snippet that I heard around twenty twelve, my sentiment was right along with what you just said, Mike. This is the prince that I wanna hear. Song structure. I wanna see Prince get back to song structure. Um, this song makes you wish it was longer to me, you know? Um, when I listen to this song and it goes off, 
I want to listen to it again because I'm, you know, I'm wishing there was a guitar solo somewhere. I'm wishing there was a, you know, there was a little more of this or a little more of that, but in a good way, not in a sense of where I feel the song is incomplete, but in a sense of where I feel like, wow, you know, that's a solid song. You know, that is a solid pop song. It gives me that feel of um, moonbeam levels a little bit, hmm. you know, because it's introspective. What I've missed in Prince's music as of late is honest introspection. A lot of his songs have been songs, or they've been grooves, or they've been ideas, or they've been stabs at various concepts, which is cool. I, you know, I love it all. You know, I'm an artist for these little bits. But I miss hearing um, Prince the person. And That's true. In this song, in this song, yeah, in this song, I feel like I'm getting Prince the person, Prince the person that we we came to know and love through songs like The Beautiful One, Something in the Water Doesn't Compute, et cetera, et cetera, Another Lonely Christmas. Even if the narrative in this song was inspired not by his life, but the great Gatsby film, which was rumored, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I'm getting drama. I'm getting theatrics. I'm getting emotion. And because I'm getting that, I'm satisfied. That's my take on the breakdown. All right. Well said. Well said. <laughs> cool. Cool. Okay. So, with that said, you must go out and buy the breakdown. Uh, we got to support <laughs> yeah. that. This is uh, the Warner Brothers release. This is this is a monumental track, actually, to say this is the first Prince Warner release. You know, who would have thunk it? So, <laughs> I bought it. Yeah, definitely. You know, we go out and support that. And uh, hopefully, the album again, I want the Prince album that thing where you got to sit back and digest it and take some time and you know goes up and down and give you something so i'm i'm all ready i think all of us are all ready now we got to wrap this up i want to roll around real quick as we do everybody let them know where they can find you so we're gonna start with nico sir first i want to say thank you for coming on the show you, you brought a lot to it thank you for that where can the people find you online uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Nico Alexander, or uh, you can catch me at a city near you. You know, I'm always gigging, I'm always doing shows. You know, um, I like I said, I like to help a lot of different people uh, get their thing going. You know, so I do promotion. So any artists out there, you need music, you need promotion, you need a writer, ghost writer, hit a brother up, Nico Alexander, Facebook, um, or you know, just get at Mike and uh, he knows where I'm. Afford you to write information. <laughs> there you go for my cut. <laughs> no, just joking. Mike, it's, it's all and good. um, quick, quick shout to uh, all the loved ones. You know who you are. Uh, shout to Karen Figgy out in Toronto, uh, repping um, Project Sound. Uh, Chris Rouse. Uh, big shout to Jules and House Photographer. Um, everybody, you know, you know who you are. Much love and uh, thanks, Mike. All right, thank you. All right, Big Ken. Where can they find you, sir? Same places, usual suspects, you know, man. Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> FlavorFoundation.com. You know, I'm all over the place, man. All right. Did you got any new music coming out, or have you put out anything new? You know what, man? I'm actually on hiatus, man. I'm chilling. I mean, I got some tracks I've been working on, man, but I'm just in that mode. I'm just kind of laying back and just letting the inspiration come to me, man. And when mm -hmm. the tracks manifest themselves, they will do that. All right. I can dig it. Mr. Ant Pooh, where can we find you? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Pooh. Uh, oh. Don't bother asking me where I You, you cut out, sir. Thanks, friend. Deal with it. I, also, I got a new column coming up. Uh, ho- hold uh, on, Mr. Ant Pooh. Yeah, you can find me on Ant. Can, can you hear me? me? Hey, hold on, real, real quick. Hold on, slow down. As my man Martin said, respect the host. No, I'm just joking. You, you cut out, so we couldn't hear where you uh, are going to be at. So can you say that to us again? Where can we find you? Uh, you can you hear me now? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can see Ampoo at Instagram and Twitter. Uh, tomorrow I got a new column coming out on Formula One Mania. And Tuesdays you'll see a new column on KnockoutNation.com. Read them. All right, there we go. Mr. Q-Storm. When can we find you, sir? Uh, you can check me out at QStorm.com. My blog is QStorm.com forward slash lightning strikes. Uh, Twitter at QStorm3476. And on Facebook, Michael Jones. All right. And you're on Mike YouTube. You're on, there you you're go. On, <laughs> there you go. You on, uh, I, I've never heard that before. Yeah. You, you're on YouTube now, right? What's the, what's the channel? Oh, that's right. You know what? I, I have, I'm still, that's still a work in progress. So I'm still. You can't catch me on YouTube uh, under the name Mr. Q Storm three four seven six. All right, yeah, I saw you uh, flying drones over there in that video. There you go, so scaring me. <laughs> Get my Obama on, okay. my NSA on. All right, <laughs> all right, uh, big sexy and sack. Where can we find you, sir? Well, I can still be found on Facebook and occasionally on Twitter. And when I come back from Chicago, the website will be done. Finally. All right. All right. Uh, Mr. Day Dropping, where can we get you? I'm a simple person. You'll find me on Facebook under Ernie Wiles, W-Y-L-E-S. Hit me up, people. You can read up some, uh, some of my useless Facebook posts of the day. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, my name is Michael Dean. You can find me here at podcastjuice.net. Of course, you can find me on Facebook, Michael Dean, Twitter, M. Dean. And be on the lookout. I will be talking about this excessively. Podcast Juice All Access. This is uh, phase two of working this thing like a goddamn job. And uh, that's what we're going to do. We, gonna, we got a whole model coming out and we need your help and support. And we're going to give a lot of content. I was looking back at some of the old podcasts. You know, there's like over 180 something hours of shows. This is freaking crazy. So we're making all that available again. A lot of classic stuff. Real quick, I was listening to um, The Geeked Out number one. It was uh, Big Sexy and myself. Uh, and I was just like, I couldn't, it was just weird to listen to it, man, but it's hilarious. So a lot of good stuff. So we're going to make all that stuff available for you guys and need your support. So look out for that. Again, want to thank everyone for joining us. Nico, thank you. Also, shout out to everybody uh, for all the, the love and shout out to Mr. Andre Simone. Uh, that was a great interview. Still getting a lot of uh, traction off of that and people checking it out. There one gentleman said he's listening to it for his third time. That interview is over two hours. So I respect you, sir, for, wow. for allowing your time uh, to, to have me in your ear hustling. I love it. Uh, with that, you know what I say, work like a job. We out of here. Peace. Just need that music. Do do what you do.